Hello, my friends. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is where you're at while listening to this episode of Rooted Strength Method, the podcast with me, your host, your girl, Morena. So last time we left off in my jiu-jitsu beginnings um, and my long journey, we ended up where I began training with my husband just back in the United States from Puerto Rico, um, had already started the gi, but not enough to make it a commitment. I was still exploring and learning, but nevertheless, um, I was already into my practice of the gi and decided to start actually being serious enough to graduate and to continue to move forward with this art. Now, I had been with the same exact teacher for a long time. Not same exact teacher. When I went to train at the Dragon Lair, it was more, you know, loose. I was used to having um, Mario Ramos, which was my instructor at the time. But it wasn't a huge commitment because my main commitment was to Capoeira. That was my, that is my lifelong art. It is my my first love, my first passion. It continues to be my beating heart. Um, in Jiu-Jitsu, came in around the same time however it wasn't I wasn't ready for it I should say so it wasn't my entire focus but when I met my husband I ended up moving to the state of New Hampshire and um, in New Hampshire of course I started training jiu-jitsu a lot more now my husband is Alexander Moreno Moreira better known as Vaca yes like the cow And he is from the northeast part of Brazil. And I am from up north right next to the Amazon. And he's northeast. And he comes, he hails from Natal in Rio Grande do Norte, where he was part of Kimura. Now, not the Kimura they have in the United States. It was another Kimura, which was a satellite gym from Nova União at the time. So they were in the beginning with Nova União. My husband spent a long time not only training in Rio Grande do Norte, but he also took his time to go to Rio, lived in Rio for a while, got to train with many of the best of the best, and got to train with Dede for a while. He was also an MMA fighter for the longest, and when we met, he was actively fighting in MMA. He had two belt titles um, in two different weight divisions with uh, different federations and he was called to the UFC but he wasn't legalized yet so unable to take the offer at the time needless to say an amazing athlete who in the state of New Hampshire established Team Link New Hampshire at the time Um, he was called by Marco Alvin which is the owner of the team that we work for at the moment Team Link Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA out of the state of Massachusetts, but they're in many different places in the world now. They're getting pretty big. And um, Marco Alvin, who was, again, my first introduction to the gi and um, the first time I saw, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with the kimono, also the person present at my very first Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Um, And he was the mentor to my capoeira master, who was a blue belt when I began under him. And then when I came back to the States, he was at his purple belt already. And I started training with him. So when I received my blue belt, I received it from both my husband and my capoeira master. They tied it together. Um, And I received it under Team Link, which is, I met my husband in um, the Team Link Christmas party. 
and we're right back here to our beginning right back in the same town we live right close to the place where we met it's very nostalgic to be going through this after being away for so long so my husband and i got together we were we were in team link new hampshire he had a brand new style of jujitsu to me because his jujitsu was very updated um, in terms of technique wise and as we've been together for quite a while now we got together in um, 2010 2010 end of 2009 and um, we uh, when we got together such a long time ago but when we got together, he was new in the area. He was competing everything. He was winning everything. Um, he arrived as a brown belt. And he has a really cool story, too, because he decided to leave the comfort of his home in Brazil to pursue um, martial arts as a career, which was much like what I was trying to do. And I still wasn't very accepted by my family in this road that I wanted to take. As a woman, being in martial arts is not easy. It is not understood by everyone. Especially when you're a man, it's already not understood if this is what you want to do for a living. But when you're a woman, the things really seem out of whack. So um, going through this experience with him, understanding that it was more difficult, I reached a point in jiu-jitsu where I was very frustrated because jiu-jitsu is not like capoeira. Capoeira gave me freedom to be um, aggressive without too many consequences not saying that capoeira doesn't have consequences capoeira is amazing in so many different levels and is deadly in so many different levels because we don't have a huge rule system it's more about um there are no rules within the rules it's kind of hard to explain but capoeira is a lifelong learning process but one that i don't have to feel body to body with someone i don't have to make physical con contact though i can right so reminded more of you know sparring sessions with kickboxing that i i was already training kickboxing at the time muay thai some mma so um Capoeira brought me a little closer to those arts. But jiu-jitsu was a brand new kind of animal, right? Because in MMA, you already kind of feel jiu-jitsu when you have to clinch and when you go down to the ground. But being on the ground, having pressure on your face, having a person really come at you and you know they are trying to choke you out. You're trying to do the same to them. Um, women tend to experience the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu a little different, right? which a lot of them aren't able to practice because the body-to-body -body might be too much. Pressure right in your face. All of those things can bring about emotional turmoil, okay? Now, this is coming from someone who has diagnosed anxiety. So it means I had many panic attacks in the bathroom. In the bathroom when I got home, or I was sometimes in denial of what those feelings meant. But needless to say, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gave me a place where I can release my anger in a safe way, body to body. And then I can also feel real life pressure, which made me go through emotions that I had been trapped or I had been trapping within myself that kept me from going to where I needed to go as a human with focus and clarity. In jiu-jitsu, I like to think of capoeira as my mother, and I like to think of jiu-jitsu as my father, because capoeira gives me expression freedom and so many other musicality, and it is a nurturing art, 
jujitsu though gives me focus purpose right and skills that i can count on um in case of an emergency not that capoeira doesn't have these same skills because we are reminded for me right who is someone who cross trains in both arts the technical stand-up in Brazilian jiu-jitsu came from capoeira. And capoeira itself has tons of takedowns. I mean, I probably said this in the last episode a little bit, but I'll continue to say it because people don't know of this piece, that they're all interconnected. And the capoeira was there in the beginning of jiu-jitsu as well, okay? So I began training with my husband, and um, eventually, unfortunately, we were doing great. We were getting ready to get married. And we had the whole thing where, um, unfortunately, he was deported, okay? And, like, this is only about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We're only going to talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We're not going to get into that too much. But needless to say, what happened was, is all of this turmoil, this difficulty, led me through chaos, <laughs> which led me to get know myself a little bit more. But then it also took me away from my comfort zone once again, because in order for me to be with my husband, I ended up having to travel to Brazil. Now, I traveled to Brazil. I had been living in the States for a long time, working hard on being American. And then when I went to Brazil, the Northeast of Brazil is completely different. And if you don't know Brazil or you don't know of the Brazilian culture, then um, just to let you know, Brazil is if you go to any different states, the dialect will change, the traditions will change. We're a huge mixture of people. So within the country, we are different from each other. My husband and I have completely different dialects, completely different culinary, completely different traditions. So it's like the same thing in everything, right? I went there and I had to learn the traditions, the way they acted. And then the fact that I was Americanized and it was difficult. But once we brought the mat into play and I was able to train, then things came into focus a little bit more for me because it was something I was more used to. I was used to training. Um, so when I went to Brazil for my first training camp, I ended up visiting... Um, I visited... Whatchamacallit? Checkmat. Checkmate, right? Checkmate the gym and at the time it was from the checkmate um satellite that was from Thiago Barreto who is a also very known jiu-jitsu fighter a very amazing fighter very known all around the world amazing jiu-jitsu I still use so much of the jiu-jitsu I learned there and he was close training with Leandro Lo he would constantly train with Leandro Lo so a lot of those uh that game that was coming out on the time which was you know the beating bolu inverted guard also the the one legs the um, hybrid guards with you know spider and also single legs and tons of different things that Lo was doing at the time he he had those techniques on lock his gym was amazing they had amazing champions their white belts were as good as black belts which was weird to me you know but this is the competitive level of people who compete in brazil you know what i mean it's it's different and it varies a lot but a lot of people are amazingly good at jiu-jitsu so i felt dumb I didn't know a lot of this brand new jiu-jitsu. I was still in my bread and butter, you know. The inverted guard was a whole new world. I didn't know how to beat in bowl. I didn't know what it meant. And when I was upside down, I kind of didn't understand jiu-jitsu as much. 
Um, it took me a little bit to be able to bring my sight from looking at things upside down the way I see in Capoeira, because in Capoeira we see right side up, upside down the same. We're always upside down. We're always on our hands. So we're always upside down. And in Capoeira we learn how to see things from every different view. And that helped me as I progressed in the um, art with the guards. However, when we started, I had no idea what the hell was going on. Things just look lopsided and weird. And not to mention that we got beat up very, very, very often. I got beat up very often. We would train three times a day. We would also lift. Um, and then I would go home and wash all them geese by hand, my people. And if you have never had the experience of washing a ghee by hand, especially one that's in A3 in length, then my friends, you don't know what you bargained for. So my grips would be shot from the scrub and then they'd be shot from training jiu-jitsu. I could barely hold cups. Then they'd be shot from holding the barbell. Then I got sponsorship. Then I came back to the States and began competing professionally um, with sponsorship in my purple belt. Had gone to Brazil, had gone through the war. Everybody was a black belt. Everybody I met was a black belt. And I had come from a place where we barely had any black belts. We, we knew each other. I mean, I wasn't black belt, but I knew the black belts in the area. And there were very few. Um, but I went to Brazil and everybody was a black belt and everybody was a gifted athlete. And the stakes were higher because, you know, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog kind of world, right? So people love you, but then at the same time, they hate you. And I didn't quite understand the wars because there were a lot of wars still in the Northeast where teams, they don't mix. It's not like Capoeira. In Capoeira, we all want to, we sometimes hate each other, but the truth of the fact is we need each other to grow, to have a hoda, to have exchanges, to have musicality, to have, in Capoeira, we need each other no matter how uptight we are we need it in jiu-jitsu not really you can go through your jiu-jitsu career really only being exposed to your gym and only seeing these people as competition from other gyms so you only see them in tournaments um we went through quite a turmoil there and then they really wanted us to be a part of the team and we didn't convert to be a part of the team because we were also training at kimura that was kind of frowned upon so um, we ended up not being able to train there anymore, but we continued to look for other gyms in the Kimura satellite as well to train. And we eventually went back to Kimura at the time, right? So when I came back, I was, you know, in limbo. Um, I was being my own coach. So I would go to these tournaments without a coach, which is something people, it wasn't common for you to go to an IBJJF tournament and have a competitor all by themselves at the Purple Belt. But that was me, a competitor all by myself in the purple belt because I was already, you know, a seasoned capoeirista and I was used to traveling on my own and being in places on my own. So I'm like, hey, why not do this? Now, mind you, I am telling you guys they, this, all of this, the things that I've done, the places where I've been and how I decided to, you know, uh, pave my road. However, when you go to someone else's gym, you go to someone else's house on your own and you're ready to train there for, you know, competition um, or whatever. You're ready to train hard for a camp or because you belong there. Or you think you belong there or you think the training is going to be great. Whatever. When you're training at someone's highly competitive gym, things are not going to go so easy. People will try to smash your face in. I had bruises on my cheeks. I didn't have time to rest. It was either that or tap out and you know your ego is kind of big so 
you want to win so you strive for more and it was an interesting lifestyle to live so I continuously I think what saved me is because though I trained really 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 hard I still practiced yoga I still practiced capoeira so I kept my body quite loose but this was my beginning into a real hardcore competitive level right so I got sponsored by um Uh, gym in Brazil back in the day and then I got sponsored by the firma kimono company um, from my amazing friend Ricardo Tubbs we're still friends till today um, the firma main places in Virginia he's amazing and he was kind enough to you know I applied for it and he was kind enough to sponsor me to tournaments and it was it was a great experience to travel, to go to places. So then I started going to a place for capoeira, then I would find a place for jiu-jitsu. And if I go for a place for jiu-jitsu, I find capoeira. So when I came back to the States without my husband, um, I had my mother to help me out. My mother stayed with my son and I was able to go to these competitions, but I never stayed away from my, my not my husband, from my, our son, because I felt that through the turmoil, it was still important to let him know that he was loved and I was there for him as a mother. He was my child, I wanted to be there. So it was still difficult because, you know, if you're going, I look very young, but then all these girls that I was competing with were very young, like in their teens and early 20s. And <clears throat> I was already, you know, pretty much in my 30s. And this was this was a different view, right? These young girls who had a lot of time, who didn't have any responsibilities, but it's not an excuse. It's what I wanted to do. So none of that should come into play, but it did sometimes because it gives us a way to compare ourselves to the world, which is not right, but it was a, us human, what we love to do, right? So I continue to strive. So I try to be the angry girl. I try to be angry at my competition I try to be focused. I try to be hard and I try to, I wasn't very subtle. <laughs> most definitely not very humble at times it's quite the opposite I was quite angry and didn't really know how to lose so I strived because I hated to lose not because I wanted to find myself but hating to lose and having to strive and learning how to lose made me find myself with time and find my focus right but so I went through purple belt got a couple of cool um cool titles I did get Pan American champion Nogi. Um, I placed in the Abu Dhabi trials um, against black belts and brown belts, even beat black belts because you remember the women's division was once upon the time it was purple, brown, and black together um, in only two weight divisions. So I did a lot. I went to many different tournaments. I won some, I lost many, I won many, but I was just searching if this was my thing, if this is what I wanted to do, if I wanted to be the best of the best. And I still thought at that point that that's what I wanted to be the best of the best. My husband has always strived to be the best of the best, but he loves competing so much. It's in him. It's part of him. It's how he lives his life and how he experiences himself in the world. Um, and for me, I was getting into this lifestyle, but not quite knowing how I really felt about all of that because sometimes when you're good at something and I was good at many things physically then you feel like you have a duty to perform to other people as in 
training and winning tournaments because it's what makes you feel loved. And that's what I thought up until then. And I continue to live this kind of lifestyle where um, I traveled again for Capoeira and for Jiu-Jitsu. But at this time, I was dedicating mostly to Jiu-Jitsu, especially since my husband and I were in a relationship. My husband had different views on Capoeira. And at the time, um, I figured that trying my best for Jiu-Jitsu was what I could do for him and for us because I wasn't ready to communicate. I didn't know how at the time, but I wanted to find importance in jiu-jitsu. Um, and I did, and I did, and I had an amazing road. Um, I ended up going to Arizona, and I was also able to go to Megathon's gym and train with Megathon and Mackenzie Thurn for two different times, for two weeks at a time. I also went and trained with Gustavo Dantas, and I had so many amazing experiences in jiu-jitsu camps and bruises on my cheeks and surpassed myself and what I thought was capable of me, what I thought I was capable of or what I thought I could do. And meanwhile, paving this difficult road also made me have these amazing memories um, of moments where I was amazing and moments where maybe I wasn't, you know? Um, after going to my last camp at Megaton Diaz uh, gym, I went there, trained a lot. Um, and again, remember, I was still not the most humble person within. You know, I was still highly competitive and reactive. But I was there and I wanted to do this. And I had the sponsorship and I was paving this road. But when I went to the road to the worlds and we traveled to California, the camp that I had been training for for so long with sponsorship, I ended up missing my weight division by 0.2 pounds because I got my period. This was the most devastating moment to me up until then. I mean, I must have had the others, but that one was very significant. As a competitor, that was a very significant moment for me. How dare you? How dare I go to camp train so hard, get my face smashed in, show everyone that I'm hardcore as hard as they come because that's what I did. And then I even went, when I started weighing in, I saw the girl who won my division. I had just fought her in New York and I barely, she barely won. She won by a mistake. So I was like, I was sure this was my time. I knew all the competitors. All the competitors knew me. I felt their fear when they saw me in the division. And it felt like I was amazing and ready for this moment that I had been waiting for to be a world champion. Except that, to my surprise, I didn't make weight. Not making weight comes with a lot. Not making weight comes with me understanding that within myself, for myself, and how much I let myself down. But then also understanding how much I let other people's down. Other people's. <laughs> other people down. And then understanding that I would have to talk about this for my whole day. Again, very difficult. I cried so much, cried so much. And when I was when I was ready, because I knew there was no way out, I came out to be with my friends. And I sat next to the people that I went to jiu-jitsu camp with, which uh, was also Orlando Monteiro at the time. And, um, you know, I saw Megaton and I saw Mackenzie and I saw... Um, uh, Levinia, so many different people who are like friends that were there with me and 
I proved myself to those people or so I felt. But then I was there being the minority because I would not get to show them all the hard work that I put in or even see if I was able to surpass my own limitations that were in my mind. And I already knew that by then that I was starting to create limitations in my mind because competing was difficult. And if I thought about competition, then maybe the other person is better than me even before I step into the mats because that's where I put myself mentally. So that's where I put myself physically as well, right? Because we are what we experience in our minds first. We create situations in there first. Now, it was so hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. It was so difficult. And I had to, you know, take also people who don't care as much for my well-being, but they're just expressing themselves. So they're going, how dare you not make weight? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, seriously, I didn't make weight and I need to hear from you that I didn't make weight. Oh, but at least I made weight. Yeah, but then your performance sucked. I don't need to say who it was, but this is a conversation that happened. You know what I mean? And it's things that you have to fight for. And when you're a competitor, when you do well, everyone loves you. When you don't do well, everyone crucifies you. And it's, it's the way it is. So nowadays I understand that when I compete, it needs to be solely for me and for the purpose of me. But I didn't know that back then. And it was difficult for me. Gustavo Dantas, who's amazing and was already working as a mental coach, decided to come up to me and tell me some nice words of kindness that I was amazing. And you know what I remember? I remember me being full of myself. I remember me going, yeah, I know, you know, jiu-jitsu is so hard. That's why I like it. Because capoeira is easy for me now. And ta da 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 what, you guys didn't think I was going to talk smack about myself? Oh, please. <laughs> the only way we can become better humans is if we actually slow down and see how shitty we are. Because we have so many automated behaviors, so many different views, and sometimes we want to neglect to see what's wrong with us. And that was where I was at, neglecting to see what was wrong with me. But being pushed to a point in my life that I had no idea that was coming. At that point, at that world, and with all this turmoil, I was already applying um, for a visa together with my husband. We were going to move to Thailand. I had been in Brazil. Brazil was highly difficult. I didn't know how to live that Brazilian life. I did not want to raise my child there because Brazilian children, unless you have a lot of money, and you're able to give them a good life in a good place, innocence is something that is not easy to come by because Brazil ends up giving you a different, harder life and a sense of poverty. So you have to learn street smarts. You have to learn the way of life. You have to learn what is bitter and difficult early because a life there will ask for it. But a life in the United States or any other country that has safety or a part of Brazil that have safety, if you're able to give it to your child, will instead give you a mind to wander, to flourish, to be a kid like I used to be when I was younger. Uh, just kidding. I wasn't. I was a mini adult. That's how I got this far. <laughs> but I wanted my child to have a different life. And, and that was difficult. So we're like, okay, let's go to Thailand. My husband was up for a job. I would not have had a job, but he would have had a job where we would be earning like $300 a month, I think it was, a week, 
a week. But $300 in bot is a lot of dough. You'd be living like a king, but we wouldn't be able to invest anywhere else in the world. So we also had applied for Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. If you don't know where that is, that's where Dubai is. But Abu Dhabi specifically, which is one of the seven Emirates in the United Arab Emirates, which is right up there with, you know, all those Muslim countries that aren't as free, but the UAE is is kind of a little bit more liberal, but still it's a Muslim country. It's different, cultural shock, definitely. But they do dedicate a lot of time, resources to jiu-jitsu. So they have competitions. Remember I said the World Pro? The World Pro is actually the Abu Dhabi World Pro Tournaments. Second biggest tournament in the world. Tournament I tried to place for many different times because you actually have to place to go. And I I couldn't place um, because the competition was so hard. And again, it was purple, brown, and black belts. So... We had applied for a job there because my husband had a friend there and he's like, okay, you know, your wife is is um, already a jiu-jitsu teacher as well. And so are you. I might be able to get you both in. And we didn't know. So suddenly I'm there in the middle of turmoil. My life is crazy. Oh my God. How dare I? I missed weight. Oh my God. Shitting me. Holy shit. Listening to all this stuff, going through this hella difficult time in my life, right? And... Again, remember, I went for capoeira and I went for jiu-jitsu. So after not making weight, I did go enjoy a bomb-ass roda with Mestre Boneco, with my girl Pavão, my boy Chegado, Quebrado, and all them amazing people from Capoeira Brasil in the, um, the California area. They, they were like a remedy to my heart. It was beautiful. But when I was at the Worlds and I was lost and in turmoil, my husband calls me from Brazil and says, quick, check your trash. And I was like, why? He says, we got an interview to go to Abu Dhabi. He applied from Brazil. I applied from the United States. Check your trash and answer the email. When I check my trash, there it is an offer, an offer for an interview to come or to go to the United Arab Emirates as a full-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, my husband and I. And this was another pause for another moment that I couldn't have possibly imagined. I'm going to end it here. It's been a while. And I'll pick up next time. I mean, I'm not being extremely detailed about all my experiences, but this is the gist of it. My life was about to change forever. The human that I was and I had learned and honed how to be was about to be torn down and completely reconstructed in a completely different land, away from everything that I had ever known. How's that going to go? I don't know. Let's talk about it next time. Thank you for being here. You guys are all that in a bag of chips. Thank you for supporting my growth. Thank you so much for supporting the growth of our arts. And I hope that you are also supporting your own growth. 
because I remind you that you are the most important person in your life. Because without you, there is no life, my friends. Without you, there is no story. So make sure you care about yourself. Cool. Took me a while to learn about that. But yeah, I'm really important in my life. Take care, my friends. Love you guys. Beijos. Ashe. And os.